0: If you have your Bibles, turn to Colossians chapter 2. Everybody okay today? You're kind of quiet here today. Everybody okay? Colossians chapter 2, verse number 6 and 7. I'm going to read it from the New King James, and then you know we'll go to several versions here before this morning's over. Colossians 2, 6 and 7. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. He says not only is it important that you accept Him as your Lord and Savior. He said, now start acting like, start walking like it. Start talking like you're different. A lot of people accept Christ and then they go back to their old way of living. Notice what he says. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, now walk in Him. Rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith as you have been taught. Now notice this last phrase. Abounding in it, in your faith, with thanksgiving. Abounding in your faith, in your walk, in your Christian journey with thanksgiving. Now let me read it from the Living Bible. I love the Living Bible. It says it this way. And now just as you trusted Christ to save you, trust Him him too for each day's problems. Live in union with Him. Let your roots grow down into Him and draw up nourishment from Him. So that you go on growing in the Lord and become strong and vigorous in the truth you were taught. Let your lives overflow with joy and thanksgiving. Let your life overflow with joy and thanksgiving for all he has done. Have you noticed he doesn't say let your life overflow with joy? Dread and depression and discouragement and and burdens and sadness. He says, "Let your life overjoy with joy." And then he says, and, and, "And with thanksgiving for all he has done." I'm sure that we all agree that 2020 has been a difficult year for most Americans. It's it's been a. I heard one fella say it. Uh, Mama used to. Tell me if I didn't straighten up, she's going to slap me into next year. I wish mama was here to slap me (laughs) into next year. Most people want 2020 over with. The turbulent weather has caused destructions in many, many parts of our nation. And of course, we understand the pandemic continues to dominate every facet of all of our lives. On top of these two difficult elements, the presidential election, has caused a major division in our nation, which I haven't seen since in my lifetime. And though some folks work for companies or in fields that have radically prospered during this pandemic, the majority of Americans now are starting to feel the squeeze financially. And on top of this, the Tennessee Vols and the MTSU Blue Raider football teams are having dismal seasons. But at least we're not like Vanderbilt. We haven't turned to girls to get us a crowd. All right. Just had to throw that in there. Vanderbilt put a girl kicker on their team yesterday, for those of you who didn't know. Yeah. She kicked it and went seven yards. But other than that, she she's a pretty girl. And... Uh, you know, and in this difficult season, unfortunately, can I be honest with you? I have found myself doing a lot of complaining and grumbling. I wished I could tell you. I, I wished I could stand up here and say, "Man, I'm full of faith. Glory to God. It hadn't bothered me a bit. It hadn't bothered me a bit. It doesn't make any difference what's happened on this COVID. I'm a man of faith and powerful. hour. Power. It doesn't bother me." Ah, the election didn't bother me. Nah, it didn't bother me. God's going to see us through. I wish I could stand up here and tell you my confession has been perfect. It's been full of faith. I've been full of faith through this whole thing. But unfortunately, when I do an evaluation of where I am, I have found myself complaining and grumbling a lot this year. And you know what? In a crazy way, I've learned that grumbling and complaining makes your flesh feel better when things are out of control. You just grumble and complain, it just makes your flesh feel better. At least you can complain. You can fuss about something. You can grumble and complain about something. But the truth is this. Grumbling and complaining doesn't solve anything nor does it change anything. And the most damaging element of being negative is when we grumble and complain about our situation. We hinder God's ability to get involved in our difficulties. Grumbling and complaining doesn't change anything. It might make your flesh feel better. It might give you something to enter the conversation with your peers and your friends and your family. And it might make you feel better for a moment, but it doesn't change anything. And it doesn't solve anything. And the most damaging part about grumbling and complaining, it prohibits God's power for getting in, from getting involved in our difficulties. I mean, this is all we've known this for years as Christians. You can go back hundreds of years and see this pattern. It works when people grumble and complain. It gets them in more trouble than they're already in. God supernaturally delivered the children of Israel from slavery of 400 years from Egypt. He delivers them supernaturally. He destroys the armies of Egypt supernaturally. Israel was a defenseless army and the most powerful army in the world, Egypt, was barreling down and getting ready to destroy them. And God supernaturally destroyed the armies of Egypt. They go a few days' journey and they come to the land that God says, this is the land I'm going to give you. I'm going to deliver you from Egypt and I'm going to give you a land filled with milk and honey. And they get to to the boundary of the land and, and they send 12 spies into the land just to check it out. And here's where we pick it up. Turn to Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13, verse 25 through 33. Numbers 13, 25 through 33. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. See, God says it's a, a fruit flowing with milk and honey. So they brought back that stuff. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country. A land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak, the Amalekites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Canaanites. Verse 30. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let us go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. Verse 31. But the other men who explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against it. They are stronger than we. So they spread this bad report among the land, among the Israelites. Do you realize when you and I talk negative, defeat, criticism, it spreads like wildfire. And it affects everybody. It affects everybody. Why is it that we want to tell bad news real quick and we're slow to tell good news? It's poison. It affects everybody. Verse 32. So they spread this bad report among, about the land amongst the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour, devour anyone who goes there to live. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there. And then, then we pick up the story in the next chapter. Go to the next chapter, Numbers chapter 14, verse 1. Numbers 14, verse 1. Then the whole community began weeping aloud, and they cried all night. Their voices rose in a great course of protest against Moses and Aaron. Always blame the preacher. If only we had died in Egypt, or even in the wilderness, they complained. Murmuring, complaining, grumbling. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? They hadn't fought nothing yet. They haven't fought a fight yet. Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to slavery? Then they plotted amongst themselves, let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. Why do they always come after the guy at the top? I just never have understood that. Verse 5, then Moses and Aaron fell down on the ground before the whole community of Israel. Two of the men who had explored the land, Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, tore their clothing. Now, that I never understood that. They said to all the people of Israel, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. See, it's all about your perspective. And if the Lord is pleased with us, He will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land. They are helpless prey to us. They have no protection. But the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. Verse 10. But the whole community began to talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to all the Israelites at the tabernacle. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people treat me with contempt? Will they never believe me even after all the miraculous signs I have done among them? I will disown them and destroy them with the COVID. Then I will, then I will make you a great nation greater and mightier than they are. Now notice... The murmuring and complaining of the Israelites displeased the Lord. That So displeased the Lord. Now get this. That God decided to wipe them off. Why? Did they do anything wrong? Did they act? Did they kill anybody who was innocent? Did they steal anything from anybody? No. Why was God fed up with them? Because they murmured and complained. They grumbled and complained. And God says to Moses, listen, I'll eliminate them And I'll start all over with you. And this is what's one of the most amazing verses in the Bible to me. Moses talks God off the cliff. Moses changed God's mind. Look at Numbers chapter 14. Let's begin reading with verse 17. Moses says, Please, Lord, prove that your power is as great as you've claimed. For you said the Lord is slow to anger and filled with unfailing love, forgiving every kind of sin and rebellion. But he does not excuse the guilty. He lays the sins of the parents upon the children. The entire family is affected, even the children in the third and fourth generations. In keeping with your magnificent, unfailing love, please pardon the sins of this people just as you've forgiven them ever since they left Egypt. Moses talks God off the cliff. Then the Lord said, I will pardon them. Now notice this, as you requested. You don't think the prayer of a righteous man makes power available? God will do a lot of things just because you and I ask Him. I will pardon them as... He didn't say, I will pardon them of my, because I'm a great lover. He didn't say, I'll pardon them because I forgive so much. He said, I'm going to pardon them as you requested. But as surely as I live and as surely as the earth is filled with the Lord's glory, not one of these people will ever enter that land. They have all seen my glorious presence and the miraculous signs I performed both in Egypt and in the wilderness. But again and again they have tested me by refusing to listen to my voice. They will never see the land I swore to give to their ancestors. None of those who have treated me with contempt will ever see it. But my servant Caleb has a different attitude than the others has. He has remained loyal to me, so I will bring him into the land he explored. His descendants will possess their full share of that land. Now here's what I've learned. Grumbling and complaining. About our situation. Prohibits us from receiving. The promises that God has made to us. About our future. Do you hear me? Grumbling and complaining about our situation. Prohibits us. It stops us. It hinders us. From receiving the promises that God has made to us about our future. See, grumbling and complaining about how your situation is tough right now, and calling your friends, and calling your family, and, and calling, getting on Facebook, and talking about how bad it is, or Instagram, talking about, it might make your flesh feel better, and it might get some sympathy and empathy. But it will hinder your future. Notice what the Lord said. He says, I'm not letting any of these people in the future go into the land. Why? Because of their grumbling and complaining. They're doing today. This Thanksgiving weekend, 2020, we have plenty to grumble and complain about. And if we don't want anything to change, then let's continue to complain. But if you are ready, if we are ready, for God to step into our difficult world, Then decide to be thankful. Stop complaining and let's decide to be thankful. See, thankfulness has nothing to do with circumstances. It has to do with a decision we made. Thankfulness enables God to change our difficulty into our deliverance. Thankfulness enables God to change our difficulty into our deliverance. Matthew Henry, um, the great 18th century Puritan preacher whose Bible commentary... He wrote this thing 200 years ago. Now, not this one, but he wrote one like it. 200 years ago. 200 years later, over 200 years ago. Over 200 years later, this one single volume, Matthew Henry's single volume Bible commentary, is the world's most popular single volume Bible commentary that's ever been written. This one. He wrote it... Over 200 years ago, and it still remains the most popular single-volume commentary that's ever been written. While traveling in ministry back in the early 1800s, he was accosted and mugged by robbers while he lived in London. When asked about the incident after it happened, this was his reply. Let me be thankful. First, because I was never robbed before. Second, because although they took my purse, they did not take my life. Third, because although they took my all, it was not much. And fourth, because it was I who was robbed, not I who robbed. Recently, I heard this nugget of truth. If you can't be thankful for what you receive, be thankful for what you escape. If you can't be thankful for what you receive, be thankful for what you escape. So let me just give you, real quickly, three reasons you and I need to live thankfully. Number one, living thankfully is living in obedience to God's will for your life. Living thankfully, having an attitude every day of thanksgiving, is living in obedience to God's will. For our life. Turn over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Go to the New Testament. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Notice what the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says. He says, Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Notice he that well, I can't be thankful. The sickness has hit my family. I can't be thankful. I've, I've lost my job. How can I be thankful? For that. He didn't say be thankful for everything. He said be thankful in everything. It's an attitude. Has nothing to do with what's going on around us. Has nothing to do with what's happening to us. It's an attitude. Thanksgiving, thankfulness is an attitude. And the Bible says to be thankful in all circumstances. Why? Because this is God's will for your life. Who belong in Christ Jesus. Um, During my years of ministry, the question I've received more than any other, bar none, without a doubt. People don't ask me about the apocalypse. People usually don't ask me about the rapture. People don't ask me about the four the, uh, the, uh, four, four, four horsemen in the book of Revelation. They don't ask me about a bunch of theological things. People ask me, without a doubt, I've been asked this question more than any. Pastor? What is God's will for my life? What does God want me to do? What does he, God want me to do with my time here on earth? And I talk to dozens of people continually who seek out a prophet to give them a word from the Lord concerning God's will for their life. In fact, many people treat finding God's will for their life as a scavenger hunt. They think it's some kind of game. You gotta go to this person, this person to give you a word. And his word will lead you to this person, and they'll give you a word. And then you lead to this situation, and if the bird flies south over you, that's another clue. And, and then if somebody goes by and says, hi, praise the Lord, that's another clue. And one clue leads to another. It's, some people treat finding God's will for their life as a scavenger hunt. It's a game. They think it's a game to God, and it's hard to find. There's nothing could be further from the truth. Listen to Psalm chapter 84, verse number 11. Psalm 84, verse number 11. David discovered this. For the Lord God is a son and shield; The Lord will give grace and glory. Notice this last phrase. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. It's a good thing for you to know God's plan for your life. And he says he's not going to send you on a scavenger hunt to try to figure it out. It's not going to be hard. He says He will not withhold any good thing from our life. And this is what I've discovered over my years. Is that a key, a key in finding God's specific will for my life is being obedient to God's general will for my life. You're not going to get in the specifics of where He wants you to live or where He wants you to work for the next 30 years or who you're going to marry or how many children you need to have or anything like that. He's not going to get specific with you until you can just do what He says generally in His Word to do. A key in finding God's specific will for my life is being obedient to God's general will for my life. God's Word specifically declares that His will for our life is to live thankful. Each day that I grumble and complain, I step outside the will of God for my life. And when I walk outside of God's will, the blessings and the promises of God are not f- free to flow in my life. Each day I get into a situation, I start, bah, 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 I don't like this, I wish... To... Different. I wish I was in a different city. I wish I was in a different company. I wish I'd never come to work here. I wish I'd never married you. I wish I'd never married you either. I and mean, you know that kind of thing. <laughs> Each day that I grumble and complain, I step. Listen, if you can just think about it. I step outside the will of God for my life. And when I step outside God's will, then the blessings and the promises of God are not free to flow for me. See, God will not bless us unless we walk in obedience. The Bible tells us in the book of Isaiah, if you'll be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. He said two things. If you'll be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Now, I don't know about you. There have been times that I've been obedient, but I wasn't willing. I did it because I knew I was supposed to, but I murmured and complained the whole time I was doing it. And there's other times I've been willing, but I wasn't obedient. In other words, I had good intentions, but I never followed through. See, you've got to have both. You've got to be willing, be joyful about it, be thankful about the opportunity, and then follow through. Be obedient. He said, if you'll be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. So when I began to grumble and complain, because he said, this is the will of God for your life. Don't worry about Don't worry about where I'm supposed to live or where I'm supposed to work or who I'm supposed to marry. All those big things. Don't worry about that until you get the little things down. Be obedient to the little things. And what's the one little thing? He says, be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will concerning you. Here's another verse. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 17. Ephesians 5:17. Notice what the Holy Spirit through Paul says. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Oh, here we go again. Understand what God's will is. Do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, which is waste and misuse of energy and resources, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to your another to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual song, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. This is the will of God. Notice verse twenty: giving thanks always for all things in the Father' name of the Father, uh, to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice He says the will of God for our lives is to give thanks, be thankful. So number one. Living thankful. Why should I be thankful? Especially now. Especially during COVID. Especially during 2020. Why should I be thankful? Because living thankful is living in obedience to God's will for my life. And when I walk in obedience, His blessings and promises are free to flow to me. Number two. Living thankful keeps us close to God. God's command... To live thankful is not a threatening dictate from a tyrant. But the invitation of a lifetime. (laughs) He invites us to get close to Him. It is the magnificent opportunity to draw close to God at any time. Especially in the difficult moments of life. One of the challenges of life is having the assurance that God is there during your tough moments. When you've gotten bad news when you've gotten a report that you might lose your job, when you've gotten a bad report from the doctor or a family member has gotten a bad report from the doctor, or you've had a financial misstep and now it's come back to haunt you, or you've made a mistake about a friendship or some difficult situation that you're going through, it's in those moments that are difficult that sometimes it's hard to feel the presence of the Lord. Your your feelings get numb. Your emotions go numb on you. And you can't feel anything but fear and confusion and heaviness and darkness. And during those moments when things are tight, in the middle of COVID, when the, they've come back with the test that you're positive... In the middle when you have family members who have gotten sick or because you've lost your job or because of everything, the division that's going on in our nation. It's hard to feel the presence of the Lord. Most of the time we don't sit in church service with wonderful praise and worship. But when we live a life of thankfulness, we are continually close to God. Listen to Psalm 22, verse 3. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Listen to what he's saying. What's he saying, Pastor? He's saying this God lives in the place of praise. That's where he hangs out. God lives in the praise, place of praise. So if we want to be with God, we must go to his address. See, we're asking Him to come down and be with us in our trouble. We're asking Him to come down and be with us in our difficulty. Oh, God, I need to sense you. I need to feel you. I need you, Lord. Oh, I need you, Lord. I need you. Listen, if you want to hang out with Him, He said, come on, hang out any time of the day, 24-7, 365 days a year. Hang out with me. You're more than welcome. But you got to come where I live. And where does He live? He lives in the praises of His people. Psalm 100, verse number 4. Psalm 100, verse number 4 says this. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and go into His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. Did you know that thanksgiving puts us in God's living room? Enter into His gates with thanksgiving. Into His courts with praise. Thanksgiving puts us in God's living room. Here's another one, Psalm 95, verse 2. Psalm 95, verse 2. Let us come to Him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to Him. Let us come to Him. Thanksgiving paves the way into God's presence. Thanksgiving paves the way into God's presence. See, it's God's will for our life. And when we walk in His will, the blessings will follow. But here's the third thing. And here's the most difficult one that we've got to realize. Is that number one, living thankful is living in obedience to God's will for our life. Number two, living thankful keeps us close to God. But number three, living thankful can be a sacrifice. It's not the easiest thing you'll ever do. And it goes many times contrary to your feelings and your emotions. When we think of being thankful, our thoughts usually turn to a celebration. Being thankful, oh, I, yeah, celebration. Events that are joyful and stir good emotions, something good happening to you. Then we can be Thankful we receiving something wonderful, then we can be thankful. Something good happening to our one of our children, then we can be thankful. Something wonderful happening to our family member, then we can be thankful. We get in a promotion, then we be thankful. We go to the doctor and, and everything turns out great, then we can be thankful. When we think of being thankful, our thoughts usually turn to a celebration time. Events that are joyful and stir good emotions. Yet the Bible repeatedly tells us, That thanksgiving often involves sacrifice. It involves sacrifice. Why is it a sacrifice to give thanks to the Lord? Because being thankful forces us to take our eyes off ourselves and put them on the Lord. Giving up our self-focus is the kind of denial that pleases God. You see, a sacrifice is an offering that hurts to give. A sacrifice is an offering that hurts to give. Thanksgiving in good times is simply a response to the goodness of God. Not a sacrifice. But to be thankful in tough times is an offering far more valuable. Psalm 50 verse 14. Psalm chapter 50 verse 14. Notice what it says. Psalm 50 verse 14. Make thankfulness your sacrifice to God. And keep the vows you made to the Most High. Here's my favorite one Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. Therefore, by Him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. Let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise. What is that? Giving thanks to Him. Good times, bad times, rich times, poor times, abundant times, lack times, well times, healthy times, sick times. Continually give thanks. It's a sacrifice. Helen Keller, Helen Keller, many of you have heard of her, had every reason to bitterly complain about life. She was blind and deaf as a result of a disease contracted as a toddler. It wasn't until nearly eight years old that a teacher helped her intelligibly communicate with her family for the very first time. She lived with these disabilities, couldn't see and couldn't hear, couldn't talk. She lived with these disabilities her entire life. But because of her steadfast faith, she didn't live in sorrow. She encouraged others. This is what she said. Observers in the full enjoyment of their bodily senses, hear, talk, see. Observers in the full enjoyment of their bodily senses pity me. But it's because they do not see the golden chamber in my life where I dwell delighted. For dark as my path may seem to them, I carry a magic light in my heart. Faith, the spiritual strong searchlight, illuminates the way. And although sinister doubts may lurk in the shadow, I walk unafraid toward the enchanted wood where the foliage is always green. Where joy abides and where nightingales nest and sing. And where life and death are one. In the presence of the Lord. Helen Keller. Learned the true secret of joy and happiness. Helen Keller learned how to experience peace. In the midst of the most difficult situation life throws at you. Helen Keller learned how to open the door to God's blessings. Even though life had dealt her an unfair hand. Helen Keller Made a decision. Regardless of how bad and dark her life was. She was going to live thankful. And she didn't do it because she felt it. She did it because it was a choice she made. It was a sacrifice. And today her life has touched millions of people. Let me encourage you this Thanksgiving. This weekend that you make a choice to be thankful. Stop. Just make a choice to stop complaining. Stop murmuring. You, you know what Amanda and I have had to do. We have had to stop watching the news. We, we just don't even turn it on. My problem is when, when, when I watch that. I not only not want to be thankful. I want to kill somebody. And that will really get you in trouble. Now if somebody else kills some of them guys. I'll be thankful for that. But, but I just don't want to do it. We've just had to, we've had to limit what we allow in. Because that stuff will affect you. And I want the blessings of God. I want to walk in the will of God. I want the promises of God for my future. To come to pass. And I want my life to honor Him. And the way I do that. Is through being thankful. Stand with me, would you? Let's do it this way. If you are here this morning, or if you're watching us on live stream, uh, and you say, you know, as I've, if I, as I've listened, I've had to, I realize, I've, I've been a lot murmuring and complaining a lot. I haven't been as thankful as I need to be. Or maybe you haven't been thankful at all. And if that's you, and the Spirit of God's just said, you know, let's make an adjustment here. Would you be honest and say, that's me, I want to make an adjustment? Raise your hand, would you? Anybody in this room? I can't see you on live stream. Raise your hand in your living room. I see that hand. Lord Jesus... Thank you for your word. And I pray for every one of us who have either murmured and complained or been tempted to murmur and complain. Who vomited our unbelief and our doubt and our criticism. We have vomited it out on others. We have spewed it out. To anybody who would listen, we asked you to forgive us. You promised you'd see us through. You've promised you'll never leave us for, or forsake us. You've promised that you've never seen the, your seed forsaken or begging bread. You promised us still Lord, that whether we made our bed in the mountains, in the heavens or made it in hell, your spirit would be with us. You said you are the vine, we are the branches, and we're in you. We're connected. You said nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. No pandemic, no loss of job, nothing. So, Lord, forgive us for getting our eyes on this tough stuff and complaining. And, Lord, remind us to be thankful. In Jesus' name amen amen. if you're visiting with us today we have a gift for you just our way of saying thanks for coming to family worship center if you'll take that little card that you heard about at the beginning of the service and take it right back there in the back corner there's a wonderful man back there by the name of Mike Pugh who will put a gift on you and uh, how many know this is the gift giving season amen let me pray blessings over you now father Our people go out into a sick world. A world that is filled with virus. I pray protection over them. Oh, Father. I pray that you supernaturally put a hedge of protection over them. And if they get around somebody who's contagious... You will supernaturally protect them. I ask, Father, for our church members who are now struggling at home or in the hospital for healing. And I pray that everyone that's been exposed and don't know it, that this dreaded virus will lose its power over their body. In the name of the Lord Jesus, no evil shall befall us, no plague, no plague can come nigh us the angels of God encamp about us in Jesus name Amen Happy Thanksgiving have a great week